Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fisk Reed Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It's great to be with you. We've got a lot to get to today. Um, I apologize. I've been sick the last few days. I'm happy to report that it is not the coronavirus. So I am not checking out anytime soon. Uh, but I have been under the weather and I am returning to uh, more sunny skies and uh, time to get back on the air with you. So I do apologize for those of you that have been tuning in earlier this week uh, to hear fresh content. Uh, we've been playing uh, some best of and archive stuff as I've been uh, recovering, but I am recovered. I am back with you. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to catch up on. So here's what we're going to do. Today we're going to look back at uh, the Premier League's uh, week weekend that ended on Monday with Liverpool playing West Ham United. Tomorrow we're going to do a sort of recap of the Champions League because of course we've had uh, the second half of our Champions League uh, round uh, knockout round fixtures and then on Friday of course the complete Premier League preview show to get you ready for the weekend's Premier League action. Uh, plus we're going to talk a little Major League Soccer uh, where let's talk also about some of the other leagues in Europe and what is going on in the world of football and of course continuing fallout with the situations at both Paris Saint-Germain and Manchester City will be covering both of those topics. All right, those are the topics on the table the next few days. Uh, you know me, I'm a bit of a disorganized mess. Uh, let's say uh, uh, segment discipline isn't my greatest asset, so I'll do my best to stick to that schedule. All right, you can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Uh, on the 15th of March, I will be rejoined on a regular basis by my host, Kartik Krishnaya. Of course, I do look forward to that. Uh, so, lots to look forward to. And, of course, Monday, well, you'd say, of course, you don't know this. It's my birthday. What can I say? All right, um, I'm going to take a break. Uh, let's reset. Let's come back after the break. Let's kick it all off and let's take a look at what's going on in the English Premier League in the wake of Liverpool's victory on Monday over West Ham United. All right, I'll be right back after this. Oh, God, I, what a great band. What a great band the Clash were. Um, of course, Joe Strummer dying uh, a number of years ago. Great loss. We're losing more and more of the uh, rock legends of old. Of course, it, it is, a, and of some, uh, many of the uh, stars and uh, movers and shakers of the late 70s, early 80s, the punk rock new wave scene uh, that changed music until rap came in and R&B and destroyed it. Well, I mean, not all good. You know, old-fashioned rap. That was great stuff. I mean, Public Enemy, uh, Biggie Smalls, N.W.A. Good, awesome stuff. But, I mean, the stuff now is just such rubbish. And, by the way, I'm allowed to say that because I have a birthday coming up on Monday. And I'm going to be officially old. So, um, that's going to give me an opportunity 
to um, sound off about things like you young people and the rubbish music you listen to. But that really, your, your music these days really does have no balls. I mean, let's be honest. It really is absolutely awful stuff. All right, and never mind. Uh, let's get back to something that isn't awful. Let's get back to the Premier League and where we sit right now. Look, I will be lying to you uh, if I uh, told you that... I thought Watford would still be at the bottom end of the table. And they have a very, very rough game coming up uh, against Liverpool Football Club. Uh, it is uh, away. It is at Vicarage Road. And um, uh, that is on Saturday. But I don't expect them to win that game. And that's going to make uh, life awfully difficult for my friends at uh, Watford Football Club. Because I really do like this club. And I don't want to see them relegated. I think there's teams of, of, with a much higher rubbish quote, quotient. Hello, Bournemouth and Eddie Howe. Uh, we're going to talk about that. They also have a difficult outing. Look, the bottom end of the table coming up this coming weekend is fascinating because of all the teams that we've got, Bournemouth, uh, Villa, West Ham United, Watford, Norwich, uh, they all have some very, very, very difficult games coming up. Norwich have Leicester City. Watford have Liverpool. Aston Villa, their next match is against Leicester City, if you can believe that. Uh, and uh, we're going to see some moving. I don't expect Watford to win. I don't expect Norwich to win. I do expect West Ham United to win. And that would then leapfrog them out of the relegation zone, likely into uh, 15th place which will be fascinating. So we're going to get to that in a bit more detail. But in the meantime, let's look back at what happened over the weekend, see if there were any huge surprises, anything that really shocked us. On Friday, by the way, of this week, Leicester-Norwich is the game at Carrow Road that we're talking about. It's a Friday game. On Saturday, uh, there are some great games coming up. And again, we're going to get to all of this this weekend. Of course, the big match on the weekend uh, is going to be uh, Man United-Everton. Uh, that's probably the biggest matchup we've got to look forward to. But if we look back at the matches that just came and went, there were some pretty big clashes uh, here this weekend. Um, starting on uh, the Saturday, uh, Man City go to Leicester City and eke out a 1-0 victory. Do Man City look great? No. I am concerned about them in the Champions League. I don't think they're going to be shown up like Chelsea was. But I sometimes wonder uh, what's going on with this Man City squad, uh, especially in light of all the issues coming up with the Champions League ban and the UEFA, you know, the, the UEFA ban in the Champions League and, of course, potential points deduction in the Premier League. Uh, now, there have been uh, public statements of support from, from players, a manager, I mean, almost uh, unanimous. Look, I think these people really like playing for Manchester City. And, and that's fine. I, I think the club treats them really well and the club treats, treats the community well. And, and look, uh, just because you are owned by... A wealthy gentleman or family or Middle Eastern potentate doesn't make you bad. It may make that Middle Eastern potentate just that. It may make their policies on human rights and, um, and women's rights and um, the religious freedom and all of these things absolutely despicable. But it doesn't mean that they don't own a football club well, uh, invest in the community and the people that work for them like them. I mean, that is all fair enough. You can you have to separate these two issues. 
but I do see that there are some issues going on with Man City, and, and I'm not sure that these issues themselves are in a vacuum. These issues, I think, were coming regardless. And by the way, uh, for the City match, keep in mind, it took them until, what, the 80th minute? For Gabriel Jesus to, uh, to win this game. So, I mean, Leicester did a, a marvellous job at the King Power uh, keeping City in check. But I think the problems at Manchester City uh, transcend uh, a UEFA ban, transcend no Champions League, transcend potential point deductions. I mean, these things are not helpful by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, you have a team that is uh, at the end of its current cycle or reaching the end of its current cycle. And by that I mean manager, players, contracts. All these things uh, are on a cycle. And look, Guardiola joined Man City in 2016 from Bayern Munich. So it's now been four years he's been there. They've won two Premier League titles. Uh, they've been absolutely staggeringly great. They played some wonderful football. They have the points total record, at least temporarily, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, they've done a terrific job. But I think a lot of the players that they brought in and a lot of the um, mechanisms that make that team run are getting a little stale, need a refresh. That's what happens. It happens in all teams. I, I, I honestly thought they, would had, they had more than four years, but I, I actually think this uh, the, running the Premier League back-to-back not winning the Champions League in those four years has been elusive and it's been a problem. And I think the motivation factor for these players to get up to win the Premier League uh, has been tough for them because they've already won it twice. So you combine that with the fact, you know, that they're aging out. Sergio Aguero, people like that getting old. They've had a number of injuries that have really hit at inopportune times. And then you throw into that the mix of, you know, potential bad dealings in financial fair play and bans from UEFA and potential point deductions in the Premier League. And I think you have a situation where Man City are going to be in trouble for the next couple of years. Depending on how long this European ban goes for, if it is a two-year ban, I would say this is a five-year process for City. And I say this because... If it is a two-year ban and it is upheld, you can expect a points deduction from the Premier League. So, uh, not that I think City are a bad club, or uh, I think they're wonderful. They play great football. They're entertaining. They are, you know, one of the world's top sides. But they are in for a rocky road. Their rocky road is just beginning. They are not at the end of it. So, do not look for City to make waves. And I'm not surprised that Leicester City held Manchester City goalless until the 80th minute. Uh, I'm also not surprised the City then came back to win it because they've got a lot of wickedly good quality players on that team. So that's a little thought process into uh, my Manchester City, uh, Leicester City matchup. And what that did is obviously uh, created a bigger gap between City, uh, the cities, let's just say. If you remember, Leicester City were runaway in second place for a long time. And now they have come back down to earth. Uh, they were second from... Uh, let's have a look. They were basically second from November all the way through 
uh, January, so for two months. Uh, now they've dropped down into second place because, quite frankly, they've had a rough run of results. I mean, in the last six games, <clears throat> they've lost three, drawn two, and won one. Those losses, obviously, to City, uh, to Burnley, <clears throat> excuse me, and to Southampton. And if you take the Burnley and Southampton losses out, okay, because they shouldn't have lost to those teams, and maybe uh, you, they could have e uh, eked a goal against Wolves, although the Wolves are a great club. I mean, they would currently be tied with City at 57 points. But but they are falling off the pace. Uh, that is a result of having a uh, squad that's not nearly as deep as some of the other uh, contending teams. All right, let's get back to the results after the break. I've got to go. Uh, find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. there for you uh one of my favorites i play them just about every week uh, maybe i'll mix up the songs a little bit uh for gang of four uh, some great ones anthrax uh cheeseburger br brilliant stuff uh love love gang of four that of course at home he's a tourist look before the break we were talking about manchester city and leicester city in this match that was a huge clash really when you think about it uh, because it was a, a top three clash and uh, whereas it didn't result in any flip-flopping if leicester city had won and manchester city had lost um, you know, they would be one point off. And you can then look back at some of the other Leicester City results uh, and, and kind of scratch your head. But but I'm not scratching my head. Leicester City have won one in the last five. Uh, they can thank God for their earlier form when the team was uh, fresher. However, they have a very easy game against Norwich City coming up. And I fully expect Norwich to be badly punished by Leicester City. Um, although, having said that, Norwich, I thought, played a terrific game against Liverpool uh, despite... Uh, losing uh, by one game, one goal to nil. Uh, this was back on the uh, 20, on the 15th. So, but let's get back to the matches over uh, the weekend. We've so we've talked a little bit about the. I'm pulling up the results here. If you'll excuse me, it's called not being quick enough with the old mouse. Not quick enough as I uh, not as quick as I used to be. That's for sure. All right, because uh, my birthday's coming up. Did I mention that five times already? All right, uh, let's talk. So that we talked about the uh, Leicester City Man City result. Uh, Southampton go to Villa. I mean Villa host Villa at St Mary's. Win at two nil. Now look, uh, you know Ralph Hasenhutl was for a long time leading the sack race to get fired because Southampton had that that string of just terrible results. If you remember. Up until, was it uh, November? They were 19th in the table. They'd only won two games. And they looked bloody awful. Then they had that c couple of games that they won. I believe it was Norwich and Watford. Again, two really important games that they played at the bottom of the table. Uh, then, though, they lost to Newcastle. They lost to West Ham United. And it looked like they were go sinking back down. All the talk then, Ralph Hasenhutl on the way out. But all of a sudden, since then... And then was uh, like middle of December. In the next 10 games, they've won six, lost three, drawn one. And that's enough to pull them right up into almost mid-table 12th position and well clear of the drop 
with 34 points. And look, I like Southampton. I like Ralph Hasenhutl. Uh, Southampton, in case you didn't know this, are uh, really a feeder team. And I, oh, my God, I'm sorry, Saints fans. Don't send me hate mail. Uh, for teams like Liverpool, who have taken so many of their players. But they have a great system, great player development. It's a very, very good club. And I was actually surprised that they were struggling as badly as they were. Uh, but well done, Hasselhutl. And well done, Southampton, by the way, for keeping faith with the manager. We talked a little bit about this uh, when Bournemouth looked like they were doing uh, the incredible act of resurrection. Uh, we talked about how uh, Bournemouth management had kept faith with Eddie Howe and how important that was. But really, uh, Bournemouth, I think, are in big trouble still. But Southampton, definitely not. And they have a massive match against West Ham United, uh, who are in huge trouble. This match coming up on Saturday is a must-win match for West Ham United and David Moyes. It's at the London Stadium. Uh, that's an advantage to them. But West Ham United, we're going to talk about them in a minute. Such crap. In the meantime, Southampton facing an Aston Villa side that, quite frankly, I, I, just, I just don't really understand this Aston Villa side. They have conceded more goals than any other club in the Premier League. Are you ready for this? They have conceded 52 goals. 52 goals in 27 games. Outside of Norwich City, they've also lost the most number of games at 16. It is only... <clears throat> by dint of the poor quality and performance of the teams below them, that Aston Villa are not already into the gravitational pull of the drop zone. But they are awfully close. West Ham, 24 points in the zone. Villa, 25 points in the zone. Not good. Not good at all. Now, the good news for Villa is that they have essentially 10 days coming up where they're not playing. They're not due to play until March the 9th. But that game on March the 9th for Villa is against Leicester City at the King Power. Leicester City need points. They want to ensure that they remain top four. And look, I don't care if it is five places that will get Champions League football. Leicester City want to ensure that they will be top four. Now, they're six points off fourth place, six points above fourth place. They've got some cushion. They cannot afford to drop games to the likes of Norwich and to the likes of Aston Villa. Aston Villa are in big trouble. Not a good side. They've got good players. They're not scoring enough goals. They're conceding way too many goals defensively this team is the problem for this team but having said that uh, they're not scoring all that many goals either but if you look at let's see if you look at uh, the bottom let's take a look here uh, let's take a look at the, from 13 to 20 the bottom seven teams in the Premier League Aston Villa have scored more goals than all of them 
but they've also conceded more goals than all of them. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you therein is the problem, therein is the issue, and unless Aston Villa can plug that hole like the little boy in the dike in Holland and stop the goals flooding in, they are going to hit the, the relegation zone hard. Because at some point, I expect West Ham United to put together a run, and I know we've only got 11 games left, and pull themselves out of the drop zone. As I expect at some point, and I keep expecting this, and I may be disappointed, Watford to do the same thing. And that is going to open the floodgates for teams like Bournemouth to hit the drop zone hard. And by the way, I will be wrong on one of these, but Aston Villa and Bournemouth, I can just as easily see dropping to the championship as I can West Ham and Watford. I am not a fan of Bournemouth. I think they're rubbish. I think Aston Villa have big problems. So that was that result. Bad result there. Very bad result for Aston Villa. Great result for Southampton. Uh, Sheffield United, Brighton. Look, I watched this game and I love Sheffield United. I think the Blades, really, one of the wonderfully unsung stories in the Premier League. Uh, I was surprised there was no scoring after halftime. I was surprised uh, that Neil Mopé scored so soon after Stevens' goal for Sheffield United. I actually thought when Sheffield scored at home that that might put it away a bit. But credit to Brighton, they came back. They showed a lot of gumption and a lot of grit to get the draw at Bramall Lane. Um, as I said, big fan, big fan of the Blades and what they've done this season and the type of football they play. Uh, you know, my father used to say things like, uh, you know, dads always have these great sayings. And, and I have three kids and I try to drive them crazy with the same sorts of things. But my dad used to say, oh, well, you know, you want to get a 100 horsepower engine doing a 100 horsepower job. Well, I don't think there's a better team that better represents that statement than Sheffield United uh, in the Premier League in seventh place. But don't, but don't let that fool you, by the way. <clears throat> 41, 41st, 41 points is good for fifth place in the Premier League. And Sheffield United are in seventh place with only one point behind. Now, they don't play again because they're on their sort of little break thing until March the 7th. Which is not this coming weekend. Basically, they get the week off. But they are playing Norwich City, and I fully expect Norwich, who are one of the worst teams uh, around, uh, who get to face Leicester this weekend, poor Norwich, and then get to face uh, Sheffield United thereafter. And what a difference if you want to look at, uh, at, at these two promoted teams, right? I mean, Sheffield United riding high, and Norwich, you know, well in the doldrums. Uh, not, uh, no, they've already punched their ticket to Championship Town. Uh, but, uh, wow, that's tough. But that's that's the way it is. By the way, the other clubs all have some tough uh, fixtures as well coming up. We'll we'll, we'll discuss that briefly. But um, well done, well done to <clears throat> Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, it was a point they really needed, by the way, to get a little bit of separation out of the zone. It was uh, another draw. They become a bit of a draw specialist, I would say. Uh, 10 draws on the season. There are only a few teams that have that. Sheffield have 10. 
Wolves have 12. And of course, uh, the Premier League's draw specialists are, are, are Arsenal with 13. Uh, so well done, Brighton. And uh, a good point for them. And they steer themselves further out of the drop zone. I do not expect Brighton to get relegated uh, at all. I think they will continue to gather a few more points as the season goes on. All right, Crystal Palace beat Newcastle at home. And Newcastle, look, Steve Bruce had a great run with Newcastle, and they can thank their lucky stars for that great form that they showed earlier on. It's only one win, though, in the last five. They certainly should have done better than that. They are facing Burnley next, and uh, Burnley are on a bit of a heater, even though I don't particularly like this club. And again, not personally, no problems with the club, just the type of form they play. All right, let's pick it up on the other side of the break. Uh, Nick Gieber with you. We're looking back at the Premier League. I'll be right back on Fist Street Soccer. the show for street soccer nick eber here um we're looking back at uh the premier league results from the last weekend as i'm reading a text message you'll excuse me i apologize uh so where do we get to we got to newcastle united and their loss look newcastle uh was showing some great form and uh, they were really looking like mid-december steve bruce had just done Absolute masterclass there. They were up into uh, easily the top 10. I think they were ninth position or something like that when they beat Crystal Palace. But ever since then, in the last 10 games, they've had one win. Five losses. Was that nine games? Yeah, nine games. They've had five losses, three draws, and one solitary win in nine games since right after, right before Christmas. Uh, so in the new year, one win. A and that is not good enough. And they can thank God that their form up to that point kept them nice and clear at 31 points. Look, you need 40 points for free, 40 points uh, for freedom. Uh, they are not out of it, although they pretty much are out of the drop zone battle. Again, just because the other teams are such rubbish. But... It's not been good for Newcastle United. There's, there's, there's no doubt it's not been good for Newcastle United. But they have a game coming up against Burnley. We'll talk about that. But they did lose to uh, Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. And let me tell you something. Uh, that was a win Crystal Palace desperately needed. As they were... What, 29 points before that win. They were just behind Newcastle United. And they've had a really, really bad run of form. Since the beginning of December, they had only won two games. Now, they'd had a fair number of draws. They'd only had four losses. But that is not good. And then they had three really bad results. They lost at home to Southampton. Uh, they lost at home to Sheffield United. And they lost away at Goodison Park to Everton. So this match they desperately needed. They eke out the one goal win. They get the three points. Well done, Palace. Uh, Palace are 33 points. Newcastle 31. Uh, so 
you know, we will see what happens. But again, I think there's just a bit too much daylight between these teams and the drop zone for them to be too worried. Uh, but they do need to string together uh, a few more results. Uh, Burnley, Bournemouth. Well, look, the Battle of the Bees. I, I don't particularly like Burnley. They are on a heater right now, by the way, to their credit. And I don't particularly like them just because I don't find their football all that exciting. Um, <clears throat> and since I, I thought things looked just dire for them, they had this for that four-game losing streak, losing to Chelsea, Villa, United, if you remember that, and Everton. Uh, but they, they've done great. I mean, they are unbeaten in five, four wins, and a, four wins and a draw. Good stuff for Burnley. Well done. And they are 37 points and breathing a sigh of relief because they are absolutely clear of any issues that they may or may not have. Uh, they do have a big match against Newcastle United coming up at St. James's Park. And that is a tough test for Newcastle. Um, they really have to win that game. I think that might be a must-win game for Newcastle. I don't mean like if they lose it, uh, they're going to get relegated. But if they lose that game, they are in trouble. And they are going to have a tough run-in to make sure they don't get relegated. But if they win that game, I think they can breathe a little bit easier uh, going forward. All right, uh, let's move on to the rest of the matches, shall we? Uh, Chelsea beat Spurs 2-1 uh, at Stamford Bridge. Uh, you know, and that... Look, Spurs are without Honmin Song. They're without Harry Kane. Uh, you know, these are the two most important players for Tottenham Hotspur. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to hazard... Uh, I'm going to put a statement out here. And Spurs fans, you can agree or disagree with me. But I actually think Son is probably even more of an important player to the club than Harry Kane. I think he's more dynamic. He provides greater width. He can attack from different different uh, angles. I, I like him, this player a lot. I, I like Harry Kane too, don't get me wrong. But losing both of them uh, is really put Jose Mourinho in a terrible position in terms of being forced to get results uh, in the league. It was only an own goal late in the game by Rudiger for Chelsea that actually saw uh, Tottenham get their goal back. But, you know, so really Chelsea scored all three goals here. Um, this game for me, and <coughs> you excuse me, um, was is deceptive. And it's deceptive because we talk about Frank Lampard and Chelsea. And, of course, Olivier Giroud, by the way, getting that goal. We could talk about Giroud in the Euros. Is he going to start for France? That's a totally different discussion. But I think Chelsea's league position and results... I mean, the results are the results, and they are what they are. But, I mean, their league position, I think, is just, it's just a little bit misleading. Because I really don't think... Chelsea are that good. I thought that once, when they had the transfer ban and the window was slammed shut, I thought you had a lot of young players playing for Frank Lampard. Long, young players who knew, this is the squad, this is what we have. We're a band of brothers and we have to get this done. We don't have to look over our shoulder that the new signing is going to come in or, you know, we're going to get relegated to the bench or whatever it is. These are the guys who are fighting for places within the first team. Uh, the door is closed. And I think that generated a cohesion for these young players. 
I think that allowed them to play with little or no pressure, and they got some really good early results. That has changed once the transfer, almost as soon as the transfer ban uh, was overturned. Things changed. And they didn't change for the better at Chelsea. And they have eked out some results, and this result was very good for them. They needed this result. Because up until this point, they had not won in the four games previous. They had suffered losses to Newcastle, a draw against Arsenal, a loss against United at home, if you remember that one. Now, I thought that was an unfair result, by the way. That should have been 2-2, but we could leave that one. But then they get this 2-1 victory at home against Tottenham. They needed it. Uh, and they do have a match against Bournemouth coming up, and I think that is good for Chelsea and their supporters because I expect, as not as good as I think people think they are, I fully expect Chelsea to beat Bournemouth at the bridge. So, uh, unfortunate for Tottenham, they are currently in sixth place. They have a rough game coming up against a very good Wolves side. And it could get worse for Mourinho. This is not Mourinho's fault, by the way. This is not a Mourinho issue. You suffer two injuries to your two most important players, and you are forever in trouble. Speaking of uh, really good teams, let's move along, shall we? Uh, let's go to uh, two teams that I don't think are really very good. Arsenal, though, getting the win at the Emirates against Everton. And I think Everton are one of these teams we're going to need to look to for the future. Obviously, Ancelotti, obviously new owners putting a lot of money into them. A good system, a good club, a good foundation, a good basis, a decent ground at Goodison. Um, I think Everton are possibly, <coughs> possibly um, one of the teams that we need to watch to potentially fill this sort of vacuum as some of the teams at the top are struggle and rebuild. Uh, let's go to the Molyneux, where Wolves absolutely thumped lackluster Norwich City by a scoreline of three goals to nil. I like this Wolverhampton Wanderers side. They play wonderful football. They have some great players. Adama Traore comes to mind immediately. And uh, was it Raul Jimenez, the Mexican player, comes to mind immediately. Great players. One of the few number nines in actual football these days, by the way. Uh, love to watch Wolves. And their results have been spectacular. In eighth place right now. Uh, and really, they had, they, had a, they had a rough three games where they lost to Liverpool. Uh, they lost to Watford away. And that was a killer. And they drew Newcastle. Those two results really hurt them. You would have thought they would have got the six points off those two results, and that would have put them in the top four. So if they look back on their season and say, why didn't we make top four or five, they could possibly look back at those two results and say, aha, there is the problem. Okay, um, let's move along. United do a number against Watford. And look, I have said all along that I felt Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't a world-beating manager, but, but removing him would have been an absolute disaster for Man United. And despite their, very, their great inconsistency this season, and by the way, I expect to see more of that inconsistency. Um, Ole has them up in fifth spot, which right now would be a Champions League spot as long as the ban to City is upheld. Uh, so that is very important for United. Uh, they lost money last year. They, their revenue was down substantially. That has to do with a lack of Champions League participation. They really need it. And um, 
I still think they got big issues at United. Obviously, injury issues still. Uh, and they have a very, very important game coming up in the weekend at Goodison Park uh, against Manchester, against uh, Everton uh, Football Club. All right, just a couple more results to get to. Actually, just one. Uh, West Ham, Liverpool. What a game that was at Anfield. David Moyes, West Ham. They went up two goals to nil. I think... Everybody was on tenterhooks thinking this is the game that Liverpool are either going to lose or drop points and it's going to be someone like West Ham United and it is someone like West Ham United and it's going to be at Anfield and then wham. Even when they're not playing well, this Liverpool team ekes out their results. Three unanswered goals and all three points went the way of the champions elect, or not quite, but no one's catching them. And it's indicative of what happens when you have a team that has belief, that has a team that fights to the end, that has a team that isn't going to lay down and die, isn't going to hang their head. And I, I think we're going to see more of this sort of stuff. I don't think Liverpool are playing their best. Look, they have a huge return leg in a couple of weeks uh, in the Champions League against Atletico Madrid at Anfield. Uh, and I wonder um, how that game is going to go. I think they're going to win it because it's at Anfield and, and there is a certain extra something. And I think you saw what the Anfield factor can do to this team at this West Ham game, 2-0 down. The fans just got behind this team and pushed them forward to the win. And I expect... Much of the same, uh, although I don't know they're going to go 2-0 down, uh, against uh, Atletico Madrid when they played the return leg in the Champions League. Lots of Champions League action to talk about. We'll get to it all tomorrow on the show. Uh, in the meantime, uh, just a minute or so left. There are some interesting fixtures coming up uh, this weekend, and we'll talk about them on Friday. Uh, we mentioned some of them. Southampton, West Ham is certainly one of them that I will be looking at. Leicester City, Norwich, an important game for Leicester City. That's on Friday. And on Sunday, Everton, Man United. Oh, and I did neglect the, uh, another big game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, of course, where Wolverhampton Wanderers are going to come visit Jose Mourinho and Tottenham Hotspur. All right, programming note. I'm with you Monday through Friday when I'm not sick, so I apologize for the last few days. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, right here, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Big hello to our men and women in uniform. Love having you with me, guys. Uh, you're listening to me on the American Forces Network. And if you're on one of our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in. The award-winning Sirius XM app, I welcome you to the show. And the podcast available immediately following the show at the Believe Podcast Network. All right, uh, I'm going to step aside, and I'll be back to wrap it up on Fist Street Soccer right after this. Welcome back, uh, little Ian Drury and the Blockheads there for you. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. I think you, you all know what that's all about. I'd say it's a family show, but I really don't know that it is a family show. I suppose it is. Uh, I suppose it's a family show. Good enough. By the way, this show's been brought to you by Picks and Parlays. If you want to bet on sports, do yourself a favor. When you go to the window, have an expert in your back pocket. And you can do that by going to picksandparlays.net. They've got lots of free picks for your sports betting pleasure. 
and their expert picks, that extra level of analysis, are there available for you right now. If you want 15% off, you can do that. Get Put in the promo code BOX, B-O-X, promo code BOX, for 15% off your expert handicapper picks at sports, uh, at uh, picksandparlays.net. All right, uh, so I will be back with you next week. Next week, tomorrow, God. I'm sorry. It's the age thing. As I mentioned, my birthday on Monday. Do you know how old I'm going to be? Don't ask. Too old. I was always the youngest, but uh, even the youngest get old. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. All right, I want to thank everyone at the Sports Byline Broadcast Network for making the show possible, as well as uh, my good friends at SiriusXM, Dan Patrick, and, of course, Dan Patrick Sports, SiriusXM211. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me to bring an hour a day of the beautiful game uh, to our listeners nationwide and, in fact, globally. Uh, so tune in tomorrow. In the meantime, find me on uh, Twitter. I am at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. And uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll look at some Champions League. And don't forget Friday, our big Premier League preview show. I keep mentioning that. And in the meantime... I mentioned picks and parlays. If you like to bet on sports, check them out on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network uh, every Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific for picks and parlays. Great show. Uh, you'll love it, particularly if you like uh, American sports and betting. And I do a, a, a segment on the Premier League there for you as well. All right, until tomorrow, have a great night. Stay safe, and I'll speak to you then. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.